This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the genial host of the show, the undergardener, the... Host? Uh, sous chef. Yes. Host? No, no, undergardener. You said host, the genial host. Did I really? Yeah. I let that slip again. Yeah, yeah. My plan is working. <laughs> I'm, it's I'm, a takeover. I'm just sliding in uh, under the wire. Uh, it's, it's the, the garden Char- show. It's the Charlie Dobbin garden show. With Franklin Proctor. Yes. As my ever-loving sidekick. Oh, isn't that nice? Yes. And she's smiling, kind of a weird smile when she says it. <laughs> anyway, good morning, folks. And boy, hey, hey, is it cold out there this morning? It seems huh? colder than it was a few weeks ago, but I don't think it actually is. Well, thank God there's not much wind yeah. because uh, I think it's about minus 25. It feels like minus oh. 25. Anyway, we are going to warm you up with the garden show. Uh, first of all, you got to get on board here and give Charlie a call, 416 416- Three six zero zero seven forty, and then anywhere else in the province, it's one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. The first voice you will uh, hear on the other side there is James Patrick Dooley, who's ta- look him taking it. Uh. Looks like he looks like Rocky, at the, you know, coming in Philadelphia. Yay! It's the Olympics. Yeah, I think. exactly. He's just he's going up That's on the podium there. His Olympic mode. <laughs> uh, hey, and we're doing okay so far. Uh, uh, the ladies' hockey team. Yes. Is a women's hockey team one uh, two. A, a, after yeah the two nothing after one period okay. that I know of anyway against Switzerland yeah yeah oh you are on top of things too I listen to the radio like I'm on top of stuff and you know Bob Shepard he tells me everything oh yeah well yeah he's <laughs> he that knows kind of guy. right <laughs> anything in the news he's in there giving a, a newscast to Charlie for God all I know along. I know it's true he's, he's pretty just intense really into it okay uh, oh mantra. Call early, call often, one question per call. And if you're a first-time caller, please let James know because you will hear then. That's your little bell that we'll welcome you with. Mm-hmm, yes. First-time caller. It's okay. one of those days. The sun is shining. I can tell. Yeah we're, yeah. all We're all being pretty chipper today. Well, I think I suffer from that sad syndrome, you know? <laughs> it's hard to imagine you being sad ever. <laughs> Anywho. Yes. Um, I have an announcement. You, and you've got a guest later on. I do. Yeah, okay. I've got Preston. We have Preston Stringer joining us later. He's one of the Canada Bloom's feature garden uh-huh. builders. So he's going to tell us all about what he, his company and he is planning for Canada Blooms. But for now, let's just talk about some upcoming events. Don't forget, the Southern Ontario Orchid Society event is this weekend. Today and tomorrow, Toronto Botanical Gardens from 11 until 5, both days. And Terry Kennedy was amazing last week. Remember? Yes. She's an orchid specialist. Yeah, so lots going on. More questions about orchids. Head to the Toronto Botanical Gardens this weekend. 
Coming up on Monday, February 10th, the Agent Court Garden Club is meeting at 8 p.m. The topic that night is Medicinal Herbs in the Perennial Garden with Susan Elliotson. They meet at the Knox United Christian Education Centre, which is at 2575 Midland Avenue in Agent Court. Free parking and lots of refreshments. And Heather Sinopoli sent us uh, one of the updates with the Riverdale Horticultural Society. We used to be just around the corner from them in the old days. Heather digs. Sinopoli used to play Monopoly, but... Oh, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> oh, came, there you go. And Heather's listening. I know she oh, is. Oh, hi, Heather. <laughs> in a lot of trouble. All right, uh, so but we're in Liberty yeah. Village now, so we're not quite as close to Riverdale as we used to be. But remember, the Riverdale Hort Society, which is 98 years young, according to Heather, no is meeting on Wednesday, February the 12th at 7 p.m. They meet at the Frankland Community Center, which is at uh, 816 Logan Avenue, just south mm-hmm. of the Danforth. Visitors are always welcome. New members are totally adored. Membership is only $20 a year, free refreshments, and the speaker is... More bees, please. Actually, that's the su- the subject is more bees, please. Yeah. The speakers are um, uh, okay. So it's all about bees and flowers that that just naturally go together, and they have for over one hundred thousand years. Every gardener needs to know more about the bees that come to visit, how they pollinate about a third of our food, how they make honey, and the various threats our bees now face. So Dave and Norma Barr are urban beekeepers for over six years. They're going to present an illustrated talk on bees in the garden, and how you can become a honey-tasting gourmet. Uh, Dave and Norma have managed urban hives on the roof of the Fairmont Royal York Hotel at Evergreen Brickworks and at Downsview Park, so they know a lot about urban beekeeping. Well, that just makes me feel like I'm going to break out in hives <laughs> just listening to it. You're supposed to start singing yeah. A Taste of Honey or something. Oh, very good. <clears throat> All right, so next. <laughs> hey, do you remember Do you remember um, the great ba- the great Backyard bird count. Yes. Coming up next weekend. Oh, great. Yeah, uh, I right? like that. I know, and you could be participating in this. You just got to look out your window for I, 15 minutes. I know. A lot. Well, James is, is very good at picking up birds when he looks out the window. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not going to go there. All so, right. from February Valentine's Day until Monday, February the 17th, take part in the great backyard bird count. It's a great way for people of all ages and backgrounds to connect with nature and make a difference for birds. It's free and easy. To learn more about how you can join the count, visit birdcount.org. How easy is that? One word, birdcount.org. Last year's, okay, believe this or not, last year's Great Backyard Bird Count shattered records after going global for the first time. Thanks to the integration with the eBird online checklist program launched in 2002 by the Cornell Lab and Audubon. Participants reported their bird sightings from all seven continents, including 111 countries and independent territories, more 35.5 million birds, and that's over a four-day period, okay? Wow, yeah. And 3,610 species were recorded, so nearly one-third of the world's total bird species documented in just four days. 
How cool is that? That is very cool. So participate. Yeah. No, that's wonderful. And, and there's lots. If you go to um, birdcount.org, there's lots of information on how to participate. It's very simple. You can do it outside or you can sit right at your window. Right. It's just 15 minutes. Having a pair minutes. of binoculars would be a great thing to have. Too. Not a bad thing. And yeah. having an identification. If you don't know your birds really well, you, a little bit, and it's all there on the web, uh, identification information. Because you don't okay. want to say, you know, saw 12 red birds. You've got to be able to say what kind of red birds they were. I, I thought for a minute having my own identification so I could check every once in a while. Who the hell am I? Oh, oh yeah, I remember now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, that'd okay. be good for I you. <laughs> all righty. Uh, enough of this ball for all, whatever. Um, <laughs> ball for all. <laughs> I don't know what that means. but Ball to all. That's it. I knew it. It sounded something like that. I was having trouble now, finding it myself. Now, let me get control of the show again here. Oh, right. driving me crazy. Oh, all my right. fault. It's always because my fault. It's all you. We're going to be welcoming a gentleman to the line very shortly mm. uh, who called in last week, and we he simply ran out of time because he didn't have an orchid question, but we, we were dealing with orchid questions. So we're going to be talking to Gord. Mm. In just a couple of minutes, okay, Excellent. from Wood- Woodbridge. First of all, though, you and I have to get bit. Oh, we're doing kind of the hula thing. That's here. right. We're thinking the exercises. Summer. Na, 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 that's right. Yeah. 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 And uh, why are we dancing around the studio, smiling? Uh, oh yes. And being silly mm-hmm. because we both remember to take our Sierra Sil. Exactly. Three little pills every day. Completely yeah. natural supplement. Alleviates aches and pains. You know, Indeed. getting older, some of those joints start to crick and crack and. You know, that Falderall thing starts happening. <laughs> so it's, Sierra Sill really, really works. For me and for Frank, it might work for you. For more information, check them on the web, sierrasill.ca, or go to your local health food store and pick up Sierra Sill. The big carrot carries it. You can also call them, 1-877-JOINT-14. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And most of that commercial break was uh, taken up with Charlie and I <laughs> trying to figure out where the heck Falderall comes from. It's from a Broadway show, I think I, it's but, a song. It's in a song. Oh, I know guys it is. and dolls. Is guys it? and dolls. I think. I'm thinking like the King Sinatra. and I or something. Oh, we'll check it later. Right. Meantime, let's welcome Gord to the show. We tried finally. to get him last week. Yeah, yes. finally. <laughs> oh, they're in Woodbridge. I'm freezing, standing out here waiting for your call. Hello there, Gord. Good, Good morning. Morning. Uh, last week you were talking about the monarch butterfly and its uh, problems with. Uh, uh, you know, fewer monarchs making it down to Mexico, mm-hmm. and you suggested about uh, planting uh, the um, milkweed. Oh, now, milkweed. The milkweed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, there's another uh, strategy that can be taken as well, mm-hmm. and that is that there's an invasive uh, weed that uh, is now in Ontario, and it has been for about ten years. It's called uh, drug. Dog oh. strangling vine, yes. DSV, mm-hmm. and uh, what happens is that the the monarch, because this vine is related to the milkweed, um, the uh, the monarch lays its eggs on the, uh, the dog strangling mm-hmm. uh, strangling vine, and uh, the um, the eggs you know mature mm-hmm. a bit, but the uh, the the weed lacks the necessary nutrients to. Uh, sustain ensure the viability of that uh, new uh, monarch uh, 
larva. larvae and mm-hmm. so forth. So uh, it, it will actually die before it reaches maturity. Mm-hmm. So um, the, the, the important thing is, is that uh, you have to uh, get rid of the vine so that it's not present when the monarchs come along. Right. And um, it looks nothing like a, um, a milkweed no. in the sense that, uh, you know, it's a much smaller plant, although as the name, its name suggests, it can get really large, but um, this is more in the southern areas of the United States. But um, it does have that latex sap. Mm-hmm. It does have a, a small little flower resembling the milkweed flower. And um, the important thing is that when, if it does mature, it, to get rid of those pods in the garbage, not in right. the um, recycling. That's right. So that's, good points, really good points. So watch out for dog strangling vine. Yeah. And eliminate it from your property if you can. And you know that's a that's a really good point. And it's not an easy plant to eliminate. Something no, we should probably talk about a bit on one yeah. of these shows. And uh, you can uh, f- uh, find more information about it on the Ontario uh, uh, provincial government websites uh, if you look up invasive species. Right. Yeah, they have a, some great information. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks for that. Okay, you're welcome. And, um, you know, it's an interesting point. We might just want to think about bringing... There are some experts right here in Toronto on this subject. Might want to get somebody to come in and give us some info. Yeah, dog strangling vine. I know, what a name, eh? Yeah, it must have started with some little wiener dog going by this plant and nabbed, you know. No, I think it's more like dogs lying out in the sun, relaxing, Mm. sleeping. While they're sleeping, this vine grows and then... Wraps them up and strangles them. Big dogs. Big dogs. Not little dogs. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really horrible vine. Okay. It well, just there saying. you go. Oh, all right. Uh, first call. Uh, excellent, Gord. Thank yeah, you very much for that. Gordon. Appreciate it. More information, I think, needs to come on yeah. that one. You know, uh, son yes. of a gun, we have a first-time caller oh, on the line. Good. What am I doing? Dorothy <laughs> from Longford Mills. Welcome to the show. Hello. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Everybody's so cheerful, you make me feel good. Oh, <laughs> that's great. It is good, isn't it? Now, uh, uh, midweek, about two or three weeks ago, you um, said something about something cats just love to eat. Mm-hmm. And my phone rang, and <laughs> I didn't pick up what it was. Oh, you shouldn't have answered the phone. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Come on, priorities. I not <laughs> Okay. Any idea what, what it was yeah, there. I do. Well, I just find my cat, who is an outdoor cat, except in the winter, turns himself into an indoor cat because he's yes. such a wuss. Yeah. Uh, he starts getting very interested in my houseplants every January, and I'm just, I, you know. The jury's out as to why suddenly plants look good in January. They weren't looking good in December, but they look really good in January. So does he know that he needs vitamins? Does he need that roughage? Is the, his hair starting to fall out and, the, you know, helps push through some of that hair? I don't know. All I know is he starts mm-hmm. chewing my plants, drives me crazy. So what I do is I plant up something that in the pet food stores and Probably even, you know, the, some of the grocery stores, they'll have something called cat grass. Cat grass? Yep, yeah, it'll just be called cat grass. It grows, it looks like a grass. Oh, I know. Uh, but it actually is oats. 
So it grows very quickly, very easily. Cats love it. Um, my cat just rolls in it. You know, if I can plant a big enough tray of it, he'll just like lie in it, pretend it's the lawn, right? Roll around, chew on it, make a big mess. And um, but he do he does really love it, and it is very it's very good for them if indeed their little bodies can actually absorb all the great minerals and, and vitamins that are in those fresh oats. Okay, so just go to your local you know, pet store and you can, you can buy a kit or you can buy, you know, just buy the seeds separately and plant some up. And like I say, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the grocery stores very soon will have for sale already growing in their plant section. Very good. Okay. Thank you ever so much. Thanks for your call. Thanks, Dorothy. And have a wonderful day. You too, you cheerful guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. It makes me feel good. Hooray. Well, that's right. terrific. Thank you okay, for joining us. Right. Bye. Bye bye now. Bye bye. You are listening to The Garden Show, yes? Like, we are just like having too much fun, and everybody's just feeding off of it, I guess. Well, I guess so. We better and not piece. I mean, we, this no, is no. gardening in the middle of I'm winter. I'm going to start sending all. bills to everybody. You know, <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, yeah, this is a the good, good feel show, a good. feel good show. It's, <laughs> the fall they're it's, all show. It's a show. <laughs> it's a show that features questions. That you, <laughs> you can get to Charlie by calling these numbers for what. Four one six three six zero zero seven forty in Tirana, and then anywhere else in the province, toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. And really, we have to take a break right now, uh, Charlie, and we'll be back to talk to our guests here on the Garden Show from Zuma Radio AM seven forty. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the sous chef of The Garden Show, Frank Proctor, welcoming you aboard. In particular, a hello to Laura out there in Eris. Welcome to the show, Laura. Good morning, guys. Morning. <laughs> I just counted 60 canaries on my deck. Oh, amazing. A whole flock of them. Neat. So yeah, I put the seed out there for them. Next weekend you it's get next weekend, is it? Get going on that. That's right. Next weekend is the great backyard bird count. Though you do not have to just count in your backyard. It's just the great worldwide bird count. Uh-huh. Uh, and it starts on Friday, finishes on Monday. So you've got four full days. You can count as many times as you want. The trick is you count for fifteen minutes. The number of any one species and the number of species. Wow. And you enter yeah. it onto the web. It's yeah. done through the web, yeah, through okay. birdcount.org. Right, right, yeah. What okay. I called about mm-hmm. to ask you about, though, was the amaryllis. Mm-hmm. Um, mine, I've had blooms every year since 1995. Wow. Uh, last year, I think I had about 20 altogether. Neat. But this year, I haven't even got a bud on them yet, hmm. which is unusual. Hmm. I've got uh, three of them in the living room there in the window, and... And they're all, they're all old plants that you've kept for many, many years. That's right, yeah. And la- last year I split one up. I took two babies off it and uh, gave one away, and I have one here. And no sign of a bud. Okay, but babies particularly, or young bulbs... Young bulbs. Will yeah, the ver- ones that were attached to the mother yeah, bulbs. Yeah, they, yeah, that's exactly how they propagate. Little babies come off the side. Yeah. They often will not flower for a couple of years. They're just not mature enough. Don't, uh-huh. They don't have enough energy to produce a flower bud. 
yet. They're not big enough. So you got to grow them on for a couple of years. Yeah. And that's why when you buy an amaryllis bulb, they always say get the biggest one you can. You'll pay a premium price for a premium bulb, but you'll just get that many more flowers. Yeah. Um, the, and they, they, when I brought them up from the basement, mm-hmm. they had green leaves on them. But I think they were left over from last year. I Hmm. You, you cut them down in the fall, do you? Usually, yep. You want to grow them on right through the spring and the summer. And then you, if they aren't naturally turning yellow and going dormant before your eyes in August, you force them to go dormant by taking away their light and taking away their water. Uh-huh. Okay, so you don't need to chill them the way we think about our, our daffodils and our tulips, but they do need to be forced into a dark dry state so that they'll shut down and we leave them like that for at least six weeks preferably eight or twelve weeks bring them into the light water them and when they grow the first thing that grows should be the flower stem yes i i bring mine in usually in september the end of september Mm -hmm. and put them down in the basement and just leave them there till Mm -hmm. just after new year's and then i bring them upstairs right so on the fridge till they sprout and then i bring them Put them in the living room. Right, and that has obviously worked for you in the past. So what was different this year? Was there some ambient light down there that allowed the amaryllis to stay green? I don't know. They were back in the corner where they always are in are the wintertime. The little gremlins down there doing stuff in the dark when turning the lights on? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to suggest, but you know what I mean? I just I live with, uh, you know, grown-up teenagers who leave lights on all the time. It's just it's a real problem at my house. You can never force a, a bulb to grow. There's too many lights on. Oh, no, I, I, never, I don't yeah, leave the lights yeah. on down there. Um, yeah, and they're, they're just down in, back in a dark corner. Yeah, and you never watered them or anything like no, that? No, never touched them. Hmm. No, just ignore them from sub- the end of September till. Hmm. Well, whenever the frost comes. Yeah, so I don't know what caused them to stay green, but bottom line is that's what, you know, it's that dark, like, dark and withholding of water that typically they'll start to turn yellow, and then we just go in and clean up those leaves that are all, you know, looking pretty well, crummy, and new yeah. ones emerge. So the thing is to cut those leaves off in the fall. Yeah, right? maybe. I mean, you obviously haven't had to in the past, but it might be worth trying next fall. But for now, let them grow. Let them be green plants in yeah. your home. Don't worry about lack of flowers. Just do what you always do. Outside in the summer, bring them in in August, September, October, whenever that is, yeah. down into that dark spot, and remove the flowers next yeah. time. Okay, or leaves, I should say. Okay. What about fertilizer? I should give them fertilizer anyway. You could now, now and once a month for the next three months. Okay. Okay. Uh huh. Thanks, thanks, Laura. Laura. Thank you, Charlie. All right. Take (laughs) care. Bye, Bye, Frank. Okay. (laughs) Bye, Bye, Laura. All righty. We're best friends with our callers. Well, and so it should be. I agree. So it should be. Mm -hmm. Mm. Now, hey, nine thirty-one. That means we're one minute late for our guest. (gasps) Oh my goodness. Who's calling in? Yeah. And he's been waiting. Our guest, Preston Stringer. He's a young, very nice young man. I'm going to introduce you in a minute, Frank. All right. He works for a company called Earthscapes Ontario. Mm -hmm. Earthscapes is what's considered a design build company. So that means they design and build landscapes for residential, typically, situations. And they do a lovely job. They do all kinds of amazing work. But they've started up a new division, and Preston is in charge of the new division. So he's going to tell us a little bit about what he does for Earthscapes and what Earthscapes is doing at Canada Blooms. Well, introduce me to this head honcho. Good morning, Preston. Uh, Good morning, everybody. How are you? Hey, good. Good, Preston. How about you? This is Frank. Very good. Very good. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, it's nice to hear your smiling voice. Doesn't he sound good? Yeah. He's a happy voice. He's a nice guy. All right. So tell us about the division that you're in charge of at Earthscapes. Great. Sure. So 
about four years ago, we started up uh, into playgrounds. So mm-hmm. we design and build playgrounds for various types of clients, um, many schools and museums and nonprofits and and uh, cities and things like that. So we uh, yeah we focus on designing a really high play value uh, playground for for those clients. So where did you get your your ideas for this idea of high quality playgrounds? Where where's your interest in all that? Sure, like uh, you mean personally for yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. So uh, for me, my background's in working with kids and youth. Mm-hmm. I also have a degree in business and international development from Trent, mm-hmm. and I'm taking a, a certificate program at Ryerson for landscape design. So kind of incorporating all that background into designing playgrounds and kind of moving it forward. It's been really fun. And you're the father of a little one? Yeah, I got a little one-year-old, and my wife and I have another one on the way in, in July, so we're pretty excited about that. Hey, I'm really interested in this now, particularly since I have a one-year-old grandson just just about to turn uh, one, and mm-hmm. five granddaughters. So I can uh, probably make use of your services. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, so, yeah. so I like that idea of high-value or good-quality playground. So we're not just talking regular swings and slides here. Correct, yes. So, so tell us a bit I, about what kind yeah. of what you look for in a playground. Sure. So as a company, we've been trying to get um, more different types of play into the playground. So uh, incorporating um, items and, and experiences that would incorporate your five senses. So like passive play, water play, different areas that kids can gather. And then obviously your active type of equipment. So uh, we kind of break our company into three ideas. One is natural playgrounds, which is topographical changes and water features and and just plants and more trees and that type of thing in a mm-hmm. playground. And then we also have a timber play kind of idea, which, which would be um, equipment using wood and posts. And then we have a, a sculpture play element, which you'll see at Canada Blooms, which is kind of unique, one-off, uh, custom-built structures that are... Um, designed so that kids can have unstructured free play so they can kind of choose what they want to do on the structure instead of maybe just issuing them up some stairs and down a slide. So. What what materials is that last one, the uh, structure? Yeah, we use, we use wood. So uh-huh. we, uh, our wood that we use, we go for a long lifespan. So we actually use tamarack and some other long-lasting long, uh, wood. So everything's made of wood. It's nice for the kids. You can kind of see how it's made and you can touch and feel it. It's something that's uh, recognizable for for each of us. That's great. So the idea is uh, using their imaginations, uh, active play, climbing things, that sort of thing. So, okay, so that leads us up to, because I know we have listeners who are very big fans of Canada Blooms Mm -hmm. and are, you know, marking their calendars as we speak to come down to Canada Blooms, and I'll tell Mm -hmm. everybody more about where and when that's all happening. But for now, tell us what you, tell us about the garden that your company is installing, your feature garden. Sure. So, we uh, designed, uh, uh, we call it the Dinosaur Preserve Garden. Mm-hmm. And our motivation for it was to create a space that would be a sensory playground and a multi-generational amenity space. So essentially it features this 31-foot-long massive dinosaur, the Plesiosaurus actually. And, uh, and so kids can climb all over it. It's about six, uh, 7.6 feet tall and quite long. So that's yeah, 31 feet, sure. that's long. Sorry? 31 feet is long. Yeah, <laughs> it's big. Yeah. It's taking up quite a reverse space. But anyway, so that's the feature of it. And then so you kind of have this dinosaur and you kind of come into this like wild world with tons of plants and big trees. And then you have a, a water feature and some musical instruments and, and some kind of 
sand and water play that they can play in. So we're trying to get that whole idea of the the whole holistic view of a playground mm-hmm. in there mm-hmm. with the feature kind of being on the dinosaur there. And uh, we really wanted the space to be available for people to bring their children and grandchildren and have a place to sit. So we've we've kind of put as much of that in as, as we can as well. Like benches and seating for right, adults yeah. who might not yeah. want to play on the dinosaur. Yeah, and just watch your kids play or just come and have a, have a seat and have a cup of coffee, that type of thing. So. And it's it's like it's a real playground. Like what you're putting in is all inspected by playground inspectors yep. and passes all kinds of legislation. And you will have staff there to monitor the children's behaviors, but it's not a daycare center. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, nobody can drop their kids off. We encourage everyone to bring their kids and yeah. their grandkids and come and hang out with them. But if you wanted to drop them off for a couple hours, it's not quite the intent. So <laughs> no. you be there as well. So. That sounds terrific. Really, yeah. it does. It sounds like a destination mm-hmm. place mm-hmm. at Canada Bloom. Mm-hmm. You've got to see that. Exactly. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And, um, of course, are, are you losing any sleep about this, Preston, being a first-time garden builder? Or are you guys just feeling really calm? And Oh, yeah. I mean, we were in the office the other day. We were all talking. We are like, wow, this is more work than we thought. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's going well, though. I mean, the dinosaur is uh, essentially done and and uh, working on some other features, the water feature. We're building that right now, and so getting prepared, but it's going to be a busy time. We're excited for it, but now it'll, that, work, so it'll be worth it. Yeah. Preston, uh, the dinosaur, is it pre-built? I mean, have you got it together and just move it in all 31 feet of it at one time, or is it come in sections and then you put it together? Yeah, it's actually, uh, it's, it's complete now. It, it'll break into seven sections, so there's four fins for the plesiosaurus, and then there's three main body parts, so the okay. head, the torso, and the, and the back. And so it will have to bring it in in, in seven different pieces. Very so. good. Yeah, probably yeah. A, a good thing. Well, that's right. There's certainly not enough time during the moving in of the show to build something of this size. Yeah. That's yeah. why pre, yeah. the mantra is pre-build when it comes to Canada yeah. Blooms. And then and then sometimes people will actually practice their gardens. They'll, they'll build it in a barn somewhere and then mark all the parts take it all apart, bring it down to the show, and then it goes in super smooth because it's that whole idea of, you know, plan for plan A, but have a plan B, C, and D in your back pocket just in case you need it, right? Yeah, we were actually doing a bit of that right now as well, a bit more of that Mm -hmm. with some of our stone and our our timber walls and things like that. So we've been kind of pre-building them so that we're ready to go when we get there. Great. That sounds true. I can't wait to see this. this yeah, it's going to be great. So yeah. Frank's going to be there with his grandchildren for sure. I'll make sure that Good. he makes a visit down, him and Di. And and tell us uh, just a little bit about Earthscapes. Where does Earthscapes work? I know you're calling from the Waterloo area right now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in downtown Kitchener right now. Mm-hmm. We work up in Elmira um, okay. for the most part. Uh, Maple Syrup Festival, if anyone's ever been there. Mm-hmm. I have, yeah. And uh, so we're out of there. We focus on custom pools and water features and overall landscape design and construction services. Mm-hmm. So we've been around since 2005, um, but we also have an office in, in Toronto there. So for our landscape part of things, mm-hmm. uh, residential, we focus in Toronto, Oakville, and then Kitchener-Waterloo-Hamilton kind of area. Yes, yeah, so wow. And for, and for the playgrounds, we're kind of looking uh, at being all over Ontario. So we did a big project in Ottawa last mm-hmm. year, actually a few, and some in Hamilton and Toronto coming up this year as well. So Excellent. Good yeah. to know. All right, so what's the website for Earthscapes in case anybody wants to look you up? Yeah, earthscapeplay.ca. Uh, okay. So E-A-R-T-H uh, play.ca. Okay. Recommend, or, yeah, Excellent. Earthscapeplay.ca. 
All right. And, of course, I'll mention that the show opens March 14th. This is Canada Blooms, opens March 14th, runs till March 23rd. So that's uh, 10 whole days, a Friday through to a Sunday, so two weekends at the Direct Energy Centre Exhibition Place in downtown Toronto. And I know many listeners will want to be at the show and are going to look forward to seeing your brand new dinosaur. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, well, it's going to be great. great Preston. Well, the theme is wild this year. What's the name of your garden again? Uh, di- the Dinosaur Preserve. Preserve. Garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jurassic kinda, Park. You know, we kept the dinosaurs and, you know, however long ago they were around. Yeah, I think they were pretty <laughs> wild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Preston. See you in a couple so of weeks. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Charlie and, uh, and Frank. And, Thank uh, you. I'll see you at Canada Blooms. You got it. Uh, for sure. That's really neat. Yeah. That that uh, honestly, uh, wacky. It just eh? sounds well. It, it's it, I think it's wonderful yeah. that you incorporate all that stuff, and then people can actually use it. That's you know? right. Not it's not just, just a it, show garden. No. This is a very active. Get in there. Yeah. Get dirty. Get wet. Bring your lunch. You know, be comfortable. Stay for an hour or two. It's perfectly designed for that. Good sage advice all from right. our adviceful. <laughs> Adviceful. Uh, I'm in charge Falderall. of vice. Wait a minute. I'm in charge of vice. Cinderella. And Cinderella. That's what it's from. Falderall. Falderall? Yeah, okay. I'm, oh, I'm working okay. on it still. Yeah, I don't think it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> it's the that... mice. The mice sing it, don't they? No, I don't oh, think so. Oh, come on. <laughs> I think it's the poker players, the card players, uh, the sharks, and guys and dolls. <laughs> no. uh, Stubby K. I'm going to start singing played, it soon. I'm just uh, going to remember how it goes. <laughs> yeah, Stubby K. Uh, from Guys and Dolls and Falderall. Anyway, phone numbers. Golly, I better give those out. Mm-hmm. 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, toll-free. And let us know what it's like where you're calling from, whether it's just, just as sunny and beautiful uh, here in Toronto as it is at your place. Who knows? one 866 740 Don't forget, please, to tell James, who will be answering the phone, if you are indeed a first-time caller. And, uh, Charlie, we must take a little bit of a break. Oh. Meantime. Okay. okay. And when we come back, I've got some email. Oh, good enough, nums. Okay, we'll be back in a moment. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And here we are, Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, and, of course, Charlie Dubman, the star of the show. <laughs> uh, the host of Actually well, Works right. Best. Yes. <laughs> and we're all set to... Uh, oh, you Quickly a read a yes. quick email, because I do get the odd email, and sometimes we get so busy, don't get a chance to read them. Uh, this is from uh, Ray, and he did send it two weeks ago. He says he acquired a number of tulip bulbs in the late, late fall, and he was unable to plant them outdoors. No mm-hmm. surprise. It all froze up so early. He says, I just caught the tail end of one of your garden shows on AM 740, which in which you gave instructions on what to do with this scenario. I could not find the podcast. Help! All right. If anybody out there is still sitting on unplanted tulip bulbs, right now, get out some nice clean pots, just plain old six-inch round plastic pots, moisten up some planting soil, potting soil, Get those bulbs into the soil, and what you're going to do is got to be moist soil, pointy end up, pack the pots full, not like in the ground where we plant our bulbs, you know, four inches apart. In this case, you just pack the bulbs into the pot, preferably not touching, but certainly, you know, super, super close. Uh, And you plant them fairly high as well. In the real world, we plant bulbs deep, but in pots, we plant just on the surface. Put them into a dark plastic bag, stick them in the refrigerator, 
or someplace refrigerator type temperature. So seven, eight, nine, ten degrees. And they need to sit there for about 10, 11 weeks. Pull them out of that cool, dark location. Open up your dark plastic bag, and you've got blooming bulbs right there in the pot. And uh, you didn't have to compost them, which otherwise you might as well just compost them. Exactement. Okay. Okay. Yeah, good. Okay. Eva in Brampton, first of all. Welcome to the show, first-time caller. Thank you. <laughs> good morning. I, I love your show. Thank you. I really do. Um, okay. Uh, good morning, Frank. Good I morning. I enjoy your show so much. Um, I, three years ago, um, I was at the Canada Bloom, and I bought um, this Plumeria uh, tree. Mm-hmm. And it bloomed out uh, just a few, two flowers, and it hasn't bloomed since. And it just sits here in the sunroom with full sun, and it's beautiful where it sits, but it doesn't do anything. It just has those sticks, you know, it looks like a tree with two branches, mm. and that's it. Is it ha- I assume it has leaves. No, oh. it, 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 the leaves come, mm-hmm. and then they fall down. Oh. They go away. Huh. They just drop. Because <clears throat> it's not typically a, a really tough house plant to grow. Uh, yes, indeed. Should have leaves on it, no question. It is fragrant. It's a popular shrub in subtropical regions. Um, now, here's some of the things you need to know. It just likes regular room temperature, nothing special, average warmth, minimum 50 degrees Fahrenheit in winter. Mm-hmm. Now, that did you have a power failure at your place? No, no. Okay, good. No, Back no, in uh, December? Bright light, which you said you've yes, got. Yes. Lots All of direct windows. sun. Water liberally from spring to autumn. Water very sparingly in winter. Okay. Mist occasionally. Lots of humidity is always important with any of the tropicals. And um, and okay, so looking at it right now, do you, does it look like it might not be alive? Like it's got no leaves, it's got nothing going on. No, it's got no leaves whatsoever, but it's still alive. And it, if I touch it, it's it's, it's green. Uh, it's, under yeah, okay. It's weird. And, well, you know what? It sounds to me like it's. Uh, uh, dormant, basically. It's, you know, for whatever reason, some shock happened along the way. I would certainly consider doing anything you can to raise the humidity. A pebble tray below, you know, a, a coffee or a cookie sheet full of pebbles, plant sits on top, water in the pebbles. Just keep that humidity up. I think you'll find that might help with causing those little dormant buds to sprout. Okay, and keep it in the sun. Okay. Don't overwater. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thanks for your call. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Eva. And uh, welcome to the show anytime, first-time caller. And speaking of first-time callers, Charlie, Mm -hmm. Shelley in St. Catharines, welcome to the show. I got my wings. You You do. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoy listening to you. Excellent. Um, I have an azalea plant that was given to me at Christmas time, mm-hmm. and it has bloomed beautifully mm-hmm. from that time until this week, and the flowers are starting to die off. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'd like to know, what can I do with it? Do I cut the flowers off? Do I just let them die and and do their thing? Um, so, is it possible for it to be planted outside in the summertime? Okay, so this is a great question because azaleas are a lovely plant and you can actually keep them for years and years and years if you wish to. Yes, here's, I wish to. Here's what you're going to do. If the flowers are all kind of finished and they're turning a little bit dry and toasty, right. you just pick them off with your fingers. Okay, so they're going to come off just like little pieces of tissue paper into the composter. Mm-hmm. Keep that plant in a sunny location, bright, the brighter the better at this time of year. Yes, keep it's the on a south window. Perfect. 
remember azaleas like to be kept moist. So you're going to feel the surface of the soil every two days, three days. If it's feeling quite dry, you're going to water. So watering is imperative with this plant. All all the time, even when it's not flowering? Yep, all the time. And what's going to happen now that the flowers are done, or though there might be some more little buds that are still going to pop out there, but you're going to start to see some new green growth. I'm seeing that already. Right, so that's great. You're obviously doing a good job caring for it so far. Main thing is keep doing what you've been doing. As soon as we're frost-free, you can take it outside. Typically, I don't plant it in the ground. I leave it in the pot or I pot it into a bigger pot. Uh, And then I might put it into the ground in the pot or in a big container. And it doesn't go into full sun in the summer. It goes into preferably an eastern location, so just soft morning sun. Again, keep those moisture levels up. Come fall, before it's frosty, you bring that plant back into the house. But it does get some of that cool temperatures, but no frost. And you'll find when you bring it in, in September, October, it will be covered in buds. And it will flower again for Christmas. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And what about um, fertilizing? When, when do I do that? Like all year long or closer to the September time? No, you're better to fertilize now because it, it, as the plant is reacting to the longer days, it is starting to uh, grow and respond. And azaleas don't really have a dormant time. So you can typically uh, allow, you know, fertilize one every month throughout the entire year. I would recommend an, like an azalea or rhododendron type fertilizer, though, because they do require uh, the sulfur that's in those fertilizers to lower the pH and keep it low in order to – That's they are rhododendrons, actually. So they like that low pH, and that keeps their leaves nice and green if yeah. they're getting sufficient sulfur. Excellent. Okie doke. forward to keeping this for many years to come because uh. it's, it's just been absolutely beautiful. And it looks like there's four – Four plants in the pot. Oh wow! Yeah, that's and, quite. And I wondered, like, if I could separate them. I wouldn't. They're, no? they're, um, roots are all going to be so entangled. I wouldn't. Okay. But the one thing you could do is now you're seeing all that little new growth sprouting. Yes. In the next six weeks or so, not a bad idea to just shear the plant. Give it a bit of a haircut all around. It will help it be more dense and compact, and it'll be a better shape. But do it like this spring. Don't be trying to trim in the fall because you'll take off flower buds if you do it in the fall. Right. And my dad was a farmer, and he always said if you're going to do any planting, you always do it on the growing of the moon. Oh, yes, oh, indeed. Great. And uh, if you're going to do any trimming or, <laughs> or pruning, do it on the, on the growing of the moon because um, the, the plant will respond better. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I found it, that to be so, even with my hibiscus. Wow. Yeah, there's, there's, so, a, uh, there's a little tip for people if they don't, don't know that. So. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, there's a whole, there's some great information on the web, Gardening by the Moon, and it does have a lot to do with the moon's effect. Gravitational yeah, pull. Yeah, the pull yeah. of water and how the moon affects the water on Earth. So, right. yeah, thanks for that, Shelley. That's great. Thank you. Okay, well, thank you so much, Charlie. You're a wealth of information. And, Frank, keep up your, your, uh, your, funny, your Frankie funny. <laughs> thank <laughs> you. Okay. Frank the Falderall guy. Oh, yes. yes. I, I appreciate it, my love. Thank you for joining the show. Thank you very much. Okay. We have to take a little bit of a break here, Charlie, but mm-hmm. we'll be back very shortly to answer more questions. Uh, <clears throat> Charlie will. I will simply guide the listener along. <laughs> uh, our happy road of... Radio, uh, <laughs> after these words, of course.
Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And good morning from the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor. As we say hi to Jean, uh, pardon me, Jane in High Park. Good morning, Jane. Good morning. Morning. Thank you. I love your show. Uh, And I just want to know how to take care of orchids. Do you know something? And what kind of fertilizer I should give them? This is one question that I can help with here. Charlie is known to be a killer of orchids. She she <laughs> yeah, does not I like do, Frank, right? She she does not she does not do well with orchids. That's not self-admitted. True. I, I self-admitted. Good, I have flowering orchids right now at home. Do you? Yeah, I do. Lucky. More than good care. But <laughs> yeah. what you can true. do, uh, Jane, is go to the Orchid Show, which is on this weekend at yes, the Toronto I'm uh, Toronto Botanical Garden, yes. and uh, Terry Kennedy, was it not? Mm-hmm. Uh, who She's is one expert? of the experts that's yeah. there. There's lots of experts. And so that's uh, at 777 Lawrence Avenue East. It's on today uh, until 5, uh, starts at 11 till 5, and then again tomorrow, same hours. And uh, we hope that uh, you'll just uh, have a great time there. Uh, and if you wanted to pick up fertilizer, it is for sale at the Orchid Show, and then you'll be able to talk to all kinds of experts about the best way to care for your orchid. We did have an uh, orchid expert on last week, and she told us a little bit about, you know, how, the main thing I think we learned was when you're going to water, immerse the plant into into a pot of water or water enough that you fill all the air spaces with water, drain thoroughly, back into its regular location, fertilize with an orchid fertilizer or with a regular flowering plant fertilizer at half strength. Uh-huh. That was okay. what... Okay. Okay? That's... Okay, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Sorry, we couldn't be of more help, but Charlie's lousy when it comes to orchid keeping. <laughs> Oh, oh, you should have seen should have seen the look on He's looking for trouble. I think I found it. Um, uh, I have two yeah. blooming orchids at home right now. Do you really? I do. One is well, not. Well, then why do you why do you put yourself down so when it comes to orchids? Well, no, I just handed it to Frank. I just handed the information to Frank for for the question that Jane had because I just said, you know what? We both can kill orchids. We're we're good at this. You answer the question. <laughs> I have killed more orchids than any other plant, I'm sure. Jane, but it's mostly from lack of care. Like I'm a pretty neglectful uh, owner You're a of tough plants. Love kind of yeah, gardener. it's like they have to just kind of survive on the rare time they get some water from me. And I find orchids are a little pickier than that. They want to be a uh, little more fussed over. Oh, okay. Not a lot, just a little more. Well, Jean in Chatham, uh, by the way, uh, uh, Jean, uh, you are calling from a spot where I first started in radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, CFCO in Chatham is still uh, there? Yeah, I'm hmm. here. For gosh sakes. No, is the station still there? Oh, C- it is. CFCO. Oh, for gosh sakes. Okay. <laughs> Good morning, uh, Jean. Good morning. Um, I have an orchid that has has, has bloom or buds on it, mm-hmm. but they have been tight for at least two weeks and oh, nothing okay. is happening. Oh, that's okay. You know what? It's pr- They do take a very long time. Oh. Very long time. They will. Those little buds will slowly, slowly fatten up and slowly, slowly start to crack open and slowly open and last for a very long time. I mean, yeah. that's the whole yeah. thing with orchids. The flowers are not, you know, open for a day and they take, you know, they're open for months. They take weeks and sometimes months to get to that point. Yeah. No, so no, no worries. I've had orchids before mm-hmm. and uh, 
but I just I guess I hadn't noticed that how long they had taken to open, and I have noticed that, as you say, they are fattening up. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, maybe there's some hope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and the other, if, if you don't want to do something, get out your little mister. Remember, okay. keep that humidity as high as you can. You know, okay. just put them in the kitchen sink, give them a little spritz, and when watering, as per Jean's instructions from last week, I Im- that. yeah, immerse the entire plant. Replace the air with fresh air by using water to flush out the dead air. Yeah. All okay. right. Sounds good. Excellent. Thanks, Gene. Thank you. Take All right. Care. Have, a, have a great week, too, and uh, keep it tuned right here to AM740. And in your advice there, to, I thought you were referring to her rather smallish husband. Bring out your little mister. Uh, and then I said, And fatten him up, yeah. yeah. Watch him fatten up. <laughs> it will take a few months, but it will happen. Oh, my heavens. <laughs> okay, well, wait. Um, my email address. I just want to give this out. Oh, please. Okay, do. Is that all right with Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Send email c dot dobbin so d o b b i n c dot dobbin at mzmedia dot com. Now wait a minute, what about Twitter? Uh, exactly. Follow me on Twitter. I was just uh-huh. telling Frank I have Twitter followers from all over the world. It is getting like super cool. Barcelona, listens from Belgium. Belgium. Yeah. Yep, I got people. I've got somebody in Argentina. I got people all from all over the world. It's very cool. So my Twitter is very simple at Charlie Dobbin. And, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? The neat, well, just so you know, as Canada Bloom starts ramping up, of course, I'll be there during the construction and I'll be tweeting out all the back, behind the scenes cool stuff that's when going on. When do you have time to do all of that? I just make it happen, you know? I've got great you volunteers. Go, I know. I don't do any work. The you volunteers had, you do all the work. You head down to the wine bar. <laughs> get them to open up early for you. First I, I build the wine bar. <laughs> then, I, then I get it opened up. <laughs> well, there you go. Hey, you know what? We're uh, yes. out of racetrack. We are. My gosh. But you're back in a little while? Yes. James and I will be back to entertain. And, oh, uh, James. Good. That'll yeah. be fun. Oh, yeah. I hear you two had quite a hoot yesterday. Oh, we did. We had a good time. Mm-hmm. Had a very good time. Words air. out. I read it on a blog. Oh, my. Uh, <laughs> Okie dokie. <laughs> okay. So, uh... The guys are coming up with the uh, Dave Corner Garage. I'm seeing them. I'm hearing them. So it's time to move on and get out into the sunshine. So you have a great day. Thanks so much, Frank. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you so much, James. And thanks to all the great callers. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.